I hate being right, especially in a scenario like this. And I'm not overtly right yet. But damn, does it feel that way. Whole lot of people in this office were real confident yesterday. <laughs> Whole lot of people in this office were already looking ahead and talking about, oh, which team would be funner to play in the World Series, the Astros or the Red Sox? And the Los Angeles Dodgers come out and absolutely obliterate the Atlanta Braves in Game 5. Now, I know there are a whole lot of people out there right now that are saying, come on, man, you're still a 3-2, you're coming back home. You just have to win one out of the next two. I want to I wanna do this in the most calm way possible and talk yeah. through it instead of like jumping back and forth. But I want to start here, Cam. Because there's a whole lot of people in this office that will not acknowledge the fact that Atlanta sports is act are actually cursed. Kevin and well, Kevin you too, you no too, curses. because you told oh, me no. you told me before we got on the show, you're like, all right, I might start believing if the Braves blow this lead. Oh no, they no, they literally no. did the same thing last year. No, I I do believe with curse. I'm saying is everybody else going to start believing? Well, if you're not believing, what have you been watching? What's the what's the yeah. saying from uh, or what does the guy say in Pirates of the Caribbean? He's like, you better start believing in ghost stories because you're in one. Like, yeah. yeah, you better start believing in sports curses because you're in one. Seen it for every Atlanta team, man. It's this, yeah. I I I don't want to speak I, I too much. I on don't it. know what it is that can break it because curses can be broken. We've seen that multiple times. Like just because the Cubs finally won a World Series doesn't mean there wasn't like what a hundred and six year curse. Yeah. That doesn't mean there wasn't a curse. So curses are still things, but they can be broken. Now, I don't know what magic you have to have to break them. Because remember, like the, the, the Red Sox had the curse for a long time. It was the curse of the great Bambino. You trade Babe Ruth, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can't win anything, and it took coming back from three games down and winning four straight against the Yankees to advance to a World Series and finally win one. So curses can be broken. I don't know what you have to do to break them. But just doing research, I think we may have narrowed down, this is from Reddit, like where the curse originally initiated. And I thought, because BJ and I were just kind of talking it out earlier, because he's starting to come around to my side as well, is obviously you weren't cursed pre-1995 because you win the World Series in 95, right? All of these calamities have happened since. Georgia won a national championship in 1980. They went back to another one and lost that one. But still, you were, you were competitive all the way through, right? And then in 1991, your baseball team flips around and you end up winning a World Series in 1995. So something happened post-1995. And so the first thing we thought of is the Olympics. It has to be like it has to have started in the Olympics, right? Because then the Braves go and, and they can't win a World Series again with Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, some of the best teams ever, the the best starting trio ever of all time, and you only won one World Series. Something happened, and so just reading on Reddit, it said IOC President Juan Antonio, and I don't want to pronounce this wrong, but Samaranch allegedly told Billy Payne that Atlanta was a disgrace to the Olympics, and he publicly snubbed the city by calling the games, quote, most exceptional instead of the best Olympics ever. Mm. So that's what you believe when a curse started? I think start. the curse started in 1996. I think you said it a couple of weeks ago. We, we can't be good at both. Either Atlanta is going to be good at sports or we're going to be good at rapping. And uh, 
I can assure you, know. you I didn't say that. Uh, well, I I guess I heard it from somebody. They said we have to pick one. We can't be good at both. And is Atlanta even the best for rapping? Oh, by far, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not close. Better than like Houston. Yeah. Better than L.A. Better than New York. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk to uh, our own Ben Troop about that, but. Well, I mean, oh he's yeah. He's from Swainsboro. Like, of course he's gonna say Atlanta. <laughs> Nah, nah, Atlanta is up there and rapping, but it's like we can't have both. We got to be good at just one, and currently it's just I don't know what rule that, where that comes from. I don't know if that one's ever been laid down. (laughs) No, I feel like somebody got really upset with the city of Atlanta, and apparently it was someone in the the Olympic committee got upset with the city of Atlanta, and there's been a curse on since. So now I think the investigation becomes how do we break the curse because something has to happen. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you know, the MLS one – no, no, it doesn't count. If you, it, it's like it's kind of like I don't want to say it's like creating a championship, but like if the team didn't exist when the curse was laid on, then that doesn't count. They're not grandfathered into the curse. We have a chance to break the curse two times this year. The Braves right now. Can't please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please just stop. You don't want me to say no, the other team. God no. Please no. <laughs> stop. <laughs> It's a chance. There's you got a, there's, two chances. Yeah, but there are more chances of a lot of things happening. Oh, man. I mean, you got two chances, though. Uh, you keep saying it and you keep doubling down on it. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm not going to be able to do my show with you anymore. Got to be optimistic, man. I'm not going to be able to do my show with you anymore. <laughs> like, holy cow. Got to be optimistic, man. I, the Falcons definitely aren't breaking the curse this year, nor is the Hawks, so... So why are you still narrowing it out? Why are you still talking about us? Anyway, let's move on before Cam just <laughs> utterly jinxes both sides of it. The Braves are still up 3-2, to two, but I wanted to ask you this. I feel like game six is a must win. Heck yeah. Because I think mindset-wise, because people keep saying, oh, you got two to win one. Mindset-wise, if you lose game six and this series is tied again after what happened last year, like it's the fan base is going to be mentally shot. Freddie Freeman's already acknowledging the sports curse after the game last night. Mm. I, I think I, I think you're mentally shot. Well, I mean, I'm gonna put it like this: I uh, think some, you have to win Game Six. If you go into Game Seven and it's Walter Bueller, yeah, it's a must win because it's just one for all in the Game Seven. And I, I'm not gonna lie to you: in a one for all type of game, anybody would be a fool not to pick the Dodgers, though. Uh, especially coming back three down 3-1, three, yeah, like you just have to win one game now. So if you're the Braves, you want to try to end this tomorrow because then it's a lot of pressure. That pressure I said they didn't have at first, it's a lot of pressure going into game seven. And I'm being yeah, I'm being tweeted at and saying, oh, Christian, you were talking all this belief after they went up 2 nothing." No, no. I was reading an article from the L.A. Times where they said this game wouldn't be leaving Los Angeles, and that was – clearly wrong he was confront, uh, confronting yeah. Yeah. the bleep yeah. yeah like they were like they were wrong too so like it's it's okay there's a difference between me talking bleep and me saying you were pretty clearly wrong about this because they they said i think quote the audiences were kind of underserved because they were served the main dish before the appetizer referring to the giants versus the uh, dodgers whereas this game is it, it if the dodgers win it's going to go to seven so Again. it's just, listen, I know Kevin's going to come on here in about 50 minutes and he's going to tell you why everything's fine and why if you lose, it's not a curse. They're just the better team. You were up three to one. Yeah. Again, for the second straight year. Yeah. We got to stop using those excuses, man. If we're talking about putting the winning product on the table, we it's, it's a curse if they lose again. 
I will put it like well, that. There's already be upset. a curse. It's just we have to figure out. Oh yeah, it's already how to break it. Right. I just wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way because I mean I don't know what you break down baseball wise because this series has been so weird. Max Fried just didn't look good last night. He wasn't in command last night. You couldn't hit anything last night. They had a bullpen game. Everyone was talking. Everyone was so excited because they're like, yeah, Max Fried versus a bullpen game. Well, their bullpen shut you down. They had one bad pitch in the game because Joe Kelly got hurt and Freddie Freeman launched that one into center field and you take a 2-0 lead. Outside of that, they absolutely demolished you. And so you have to come home and get right. And guess who you're mm. facing in your get right game? Max Scherzer. A, a walking Hall of Famer. It's, so, I mean, just get ready. too good for the just Braves, man. You so. better be a truest, and you better be loading that thing out, and, and just that hype needs to be real inside truest. What you saw, because I know a lot of people were making fun of the Dodgers, me included, me included for seeing those those red taillights, but when they were on, that stadium was on. Like that yeah. shot of Cody Bellinger hitting that three-run jack mm-hmm. in game three was awesome. Like you need that at Truist. I'm sick of looking behind the stands in Truist and just seeing like it's like it's a huge situation, one run game, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of people sitting down eating popcorn. I, I can't. But you know what? That's been the Atlanta thing lately. I I went to you know the Falcons and Washington game. It was it it was terrible. I was disappointed in the fans. It, you, I, I'm sure you've I mean, been to the dome before, well, right? Well, it's the the dome's gone. Yeah, yeah the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, Listen, the old I, dome. I will say this. If you if you want to have, I, I was at the dome when the Falcons were making playoff runs. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's and that what was I'm live, about. and that was live. And it, exactly, it, it was not the same. Well, no, it's but like close but, game, but, people but, you, but, down. but that's so different to me, right? You're talking about the terrible Atlanta Falcons playing the atrocious Washington football team in an early <laughs> season regular season game versus the Atlanta Braves playing the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NLCS. That's like saying you experienced the same thing when yeah. the Falcons were playing the Rams in uh, in a championship game right yeah. if it was the same yeah that's di- but that to me is they're, they're so different but it's just i'm not getting there's a difference between a sellout and a right and they're having a home field advantage and i think mm-hmm. you, you need to look behind home plate and i get it typically the people who are sitting behind home plate in the nlcs have some bills to spend on some money or on some yeah. seats and they're probably not they're for a chill night well no they're probably not the most wild people to have behind home plate, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a bunch of people that have spent thousands of, of dollars getting behind home plate for the NLCS. They're going to sit in their cushion and chairs, and they're going to watch the game, eat popcorn, and drink their giant beers. Like I get it. But when it's a one-run game and you have two strikes and you have two outs, you need to be standing up and cheering your pitcher on, right? When you have runners on first and second, you need to be up hyping up your guy standing behind home plate. You have to be getting loud. I haven't seen that at Truist when the Braves have been at home, but we'll see. You got two more chances, but I really feel like game six is a must win. It's going to be Ian Anderson and Max Scherzer. Oh, my man, Ian on the mound. Hey, look, he had a rough go of it early in the series. It's okay. That's okay. But he gets a chance to bounce back, and he's only he's only pitching against, like I said, maybe the best pitcher in baseball and a walking Hall of Famer. So we'll see what happens. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to get to our picks coming up in a little bit. We'll talk about the weekend that's upcoming in college football as well. Uh, I know a lot of people saying a down weekend, but I think there's some really fun games out there. We'll dive into all that next right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry. And, and, you know, we're just blessed and honored and humbled to be joined by one Peter Joseph Zuko Jr., 
There we go. What a man. PJ ZJ. I found that out yesterday, Cam. Yeah. It's PJ ZJ. I thought it was just I thought it was just Peter Jr. and that's why he was PJ, but apparently he doubled down on the J's. So it's Peter Joseph Zuko Jr. So you got two J's. I could be PJ too, you know, who knows? P double J. PJ squared? Just gonna call you double J. I don't know if that's what I don't know if it works that way. Can we just call PJ Dr. J? Let's just stay with PJ. Is that, I think, sac- is that sacrilegious? All right. I think PJ's worked for a long time. I don't know if it does or not. I think that's a you opinion. Wow. Okay, I guess I'll take a poll. We'll maybe, see. Maybe I'm just upset because there's too many J's in here. We got BJ and we got PJ. Right, so and you need you just, to like, add say their name more? And, like, hey, and they're like, you, can't, you say my name? No. I don't want either one of y'all. Oh, you just want to... Okay. Yeah, I just get mad. Just wanna, I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk to y'all anymore. Just square them all and get them out of here. Cut them all. It's already been a wild weekend of college football, <laughs> guys. You guys uh, see what happened over on Wednesday? This, All right. I got two points about this game. You guys see what happened? Uh, Coastal Carolina, App State? No, I see App State won. They sure did. Mm-hmm. Everyone's uh, favorite country music singer, Chase Bryce. He's not actually a country music singer, but it, just, it sounds right. like it. Right. Uh, the quick trivia time. You know where Chase Bryce played before he played at App State? I do. Do you know Cam? Cam? No. Clemson. Clemson. He was a Clemson backup quarterback. Transferred to App State. Uh, he was the one who saved them that Syracuse game where Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Yeah. Oh, Would have been, yeah. okay. been the second. Yeah, a year in a row they lost, lost to Syracuse. To, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Chase Bryce with a 347-yard performance in that game uh, absolutely lit up Coastal Carolina. But here's what kills me is you are the Sun Belt, and I think the Sun Belt now with all the conference realignment going on is on the precipice of becoming the probably the top G5 conference mm. with as good as Louisiana and Coastal and App have been and as good as Georgia Southern can be. I, I think they're on they're on the cusp of becoming that like top ranked G five conference, right? Or I guess it could potentially be the G four with the way they're scalping each other for <laughs> true uh, for teams. But you're playing your marquee game of the season on a Wednesday night. Yeah, that's that's not great. Like even if you want to do it on a Thursday, that's a little bit different to me. But that just kind of like you kind of. I know it's the SEC, but the SEC don't play Wednesday games, man. No. And, like, if you want the primetime TV, you got to do it on a certain day. But, I mean, the the best matchups on Thursday were Tulane, SMU, FAU, Charlotte, Louisiana, Arkansas State, San Jose State, UNLV. You can't play Coastal Carolina, App State on Thursday? I mean, you definitely could, and you definitely should have. Like, well, I mean. And like, but look what happens is your best chance at doing making at least rattling your saber a little bit and making some noise Coastal Carolina, they lose. Yeah. I, if you don't think a lot of that had to do with the fact they played on a Wednesday, I'm not taking anything away from App State. App State's a really good program. They went and got a really good quarterback yeah, and Chase sure. Bryce a chance for in there. But if you don't think that had a little bit to do with it, you're crazy. Yeah, I feel like it definitely did. And so now you're kind of out of every conversation when it comes to – like you don't have the fun talk about Coastal Carolina anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. last year they were the, the, the darling of the G5, them in Cincinnati. And now you, you don't have that conversation anymore this year. And especially since Coastal Carolina lost. So I, I, I thought that one was interesting. But we've, we were already off to a hot start uh, for this week. But we do have some big games coming up. Do you have your Oklahoma-Kansas? Absolutely. Sure you do. But you have undefeated Wake Forest going to play Army. And that's a noon kick. Yeah. I think that one's going to be fun. Cam is showing zero interest in, in, <laughs> in Wake Forest Army. But Wake Forest is undefeated, Cam. 
They are an undefeated football team. Only undefeated team in the ACC. They lose about two, three games. I, I, I think they're going to lose this week is why I bring that up. They're playing Army. You have uh, Oklahoma State at Iowa State, which I find fascinating because I think a lot of people thought this one was going to be flipping the script a little bit at the beginning yeah. of the year where Oklahoma State would probably come in struggling and Iowa State, were they at top six? They have, I know they mm-hmm. were top six. Were they six to start the season? Yeah, they were number six. Six or seven, yeah. Were they number four? Let me see. I think they might have been, uh, uh, been a damn top four team to stop the year. Either way, they were a very highly rated team to start. They are unranked now, but Oklahoma State comes in. They are undefeated in this game. Also at 330, you got number 10 Oregon at UCLA, which UCLA, talk about a roller coaster of a season. Everybody was ready to say Chip Kelly's back for sure after they took down LSU. It's kind of like a it's kind of the same thing you do in Mississippi State last year, where they just put 700 yards up through the yeah. air against LSU in Baton Rouge, and you were like, "Holy cow, Mississippi State's here!" You're like, no, they're not. LSU's just bad. Mm-hmm. We have those notable teams, right? You have, of course, you have your elite of the elites, right? You have Alabama, Georgia, um, your your Oklahomas, who are going to be the top of their conference, and then you have the subsidiary. I feel like teams that are always pretty impressive. And this year, we've had a lot of those teams drop off yeah. really quickly. And it's been like, oh, that's a really solid win. And then you look two weeks later, and it's like, oh, they've lost three games straight? That's weird. But, like, I, I feel it? like Iowa State's kind of in that mold. Like, you have LSU in that mold this year. Wisconsin's in that mold. And so, yeah, I mean, like you said, you value that victory super high when, when UCLA gets it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ooh. Maybe not. All right, not Iowa State great. was number seven to start the year. Gotcha. Thought it was something silly, but number number seven to start the year. I think the they year. got up into the top five at one point, but then then they lost let's to take, Iowa. Let's tell you a look because they won week one. Cause they beat Northern Iowa by six points week one, yeah. but we were like, oh, yeah, it's just a week one game. I think they lost uh, to Iowa week two or three. So no, they dropped down to number nine and then lost to Iowa. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so they they kind of been on that downward trajectory. The entire year. Uh, But some other fun ones coming up this weekend. And we're going to get into our picks in the next segment. But you have Tennessee at Alabama. I think this one could be fun. Yeah. Just because that Tennessee offense is stupid. Mm -hmm. They they had a a weird week last week. And that game was just a cluster on both sides of the ball. I think both offenses were just so hyped to play each other that they were like kind of, ah, and just tripped out of the starting gate. Right. Like those are two bad defenses. Yep. And what did yeah. Ole Miss score like twenty six points and yeah. won that game? Yeah, all of a sudden they won twenty six. Yeah, I yeah. Think. All of a sudden they looked like they were pretty good, but like you said, it was kind of that. That's that's how that game was destined to be, though, right? I mean, you said it verbatim last week. Like this is going to be a weird game that's in the twenties because everyone wants it to be seventy two to sixty nine, and look what happened. Isn't you know, not only that, but also a trash on the field at the end, bad calls everywhere. So, isn't Hendon Hooker still hurt though? I believe he is banged up, but you still have Joe Milton that uh, can play quarterback for him. So I mean, Hooker's I been on fire this year. Twelve. And Hooker's TDs. been good. Like that offense kind of that, that offense kind of unlocked a little bit when uh, they put Hendon Hooker in there. I think it was the pit game where yeah. Joe Milton was overthrowing everybody by like ten yards, and then you'd have you had Hendon Hooker come in, and they almost end up winning that game. But then you lose to Pitt, who like has maybe the best quarterback, you know. I'm just I'm saying. He's certainly he's definitely one top five. Probably the best quarterback. Yeah. Definitely the best quarterback in the ACC this yeah, year. Twenty-one touchdowns and one interception. That's my guy. Yeah, Kenny Pickett yeah. up there at Pitt. Speaking of Pitt, if you guys just want to go ahead Pat and Arduzzi. talk about the Pitt Panthers, Pat they got a big old offense. football game coming up this weekend. They are hosting the Clemson, Clemson Tigers. Yeah. That's yep. at, is it at Heinz Field. 
Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah. they don't have another. Uh, they don't have another stadium up there. So there you go. Can't find. Y'all run own. out of room. What happened? Yeah, I can't find their own. So can't it's find fine. any what? Can't find their own. Can't find any what? Oh, you don't have enough what? They can't find any room there. In they Pittsburgh. can't find any room. Oh, we got a we got a Twitter comment here uh, from Gene Clemens says Chase Bryce is quote a really good quarterback question mark Yeah, he is. He's got eighteen hundred yards passing on the season so far. He's got ten touchdowns. He's a good quarterback. When you say spectacular, just I didn't good. say elite. He's a really good quarterback. Yes, it's a difference. Sorry they couldn't beat out Trevor Lawrence. Nobody. Neither could Gardner Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. True. True. That being said, uh, I do think that Pitt Clemson game is going to be fun. I have a sneaky feeling Clemson makes a statement in this game. It's just really? it's, it's setting up for the ACC to just collapse in on itself and just kind of dissolve into a black hole that sucks up the entire eastern seaboard like and it's and it's weird but clemson's now in that position to split put play spoiler the rest of the year with I, whoever they play can i take like a odd. can i take like an above view real quick sure just like ahead. of the show like i'm like i'm pulling myself out of body and looking over the show this is so sure. much more fun than talking about what we were talking about before oh i wasn't Ooh. here so are oh, you talking about the Braves? Yes, this is so uh, much more fun. Yeah, that's kind of because that's depressing. just anxiety riddled and just bleh. this is this is fun. It doesn't stress is, me. Yeah, this is it. like coping one hundred and one, right? You just don't don't think about you it. Just dive leave into it, the leave candy. it in the background and then look this other way and ooh, fun things over here. You're gonna have to deal with that on the on the right in a little bit. PJ, but just not right I, now. I, we're picking this game, but you're our expert here. <laughs> is Wisconsin gonna throttle Purdue? They're not going to throttle them, but this is what is anyone like on that side of the Big Ten capable of throttling anybody? No, this is what <laughs> this is like. Ryan Fitzpatrick when he gets a starting job, right? You, you put start put putting expectations oh. on Purdue. They're gonna lose. Like, Purdue does better when they're sneaky. Yeah, it's like right. when Iowa gets placed number two in the nation. Like they're gonna lose. It's gonna happen no matter who's on the schedule. Like you said, no one over there is built in the West is built to just be dominant all year. And I mean, I look back. Purdue has lost. Purdue has two losses, and and they're they're not good. Like they lost by fourteen to Notre Dame, which I know Wisconsin lost to Notre Dame too. But again, they had a lead in the fourth quarter in that one. Like if if Purdue doesn't lose this game, it's going to be close. But either way, I, once you start putting expectations on them, they start losing. It's just how the West is. It is what it is. Yeah, not, no, not, exactly. Not, not fun, not gunslingers, just man. No. Is that you had Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game last year. Hey. And everyone tried to hype up that. They almost you leave to hype up that game, man. <laughs> He's a good coach, solid coach. I like him, but I mean, it's just there's not a lot of there's not a lot if, of stuff. If you over do there, want you know? a game to watch just for pure entertainment value, Georgia Tech, Virginia. Yes. Is the game for you. Agreed. Seven thirty on the ACC network. You have an offense at Georgia Tech that's kind of finding their stride a little bit, but they they just play stupid games. Like it's it's always fun. Uh, and then Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia, mm-hmm. how about this stat line? We are seven games into the season. He has three hundred and twenty nine attempts, <laughs> two thousand eight hundred and twenty four yards, man. nineteen yeah. touchdowns uh, for Armstrong there. So yeah. that I think it is it's. It's a lot of passes. Relatively mm-hmm. meaningless, I'll say, in the grand scheme of things, but it's going to be a fun game. Which it's it's this point in the season, right? Every every week you're gonna have a few games that are super important. You know, you might be lucky enough to have like a top ten, top twenty matchup, and then you're gonna have games you're gonna have to find to to have some fun, especially like noon. 
you know, it's 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 just that time of year. But there are some entertaining, fun games out there for sure, and that's that's one of them. I think you have the potential of uh, Georgia Tech to to slow down that offense a little bit and score on their own and have some fun. But I mean, if if Virginia gets going, man, look out! They could put fifty on the board real quick. The other thing I'll say is we are not completely removed, and we'll talk about this, and we'll go to break and come back and do our picks. Yeah. We are not completely like out of the realm of possibility. Actually, I think it's probably the most likely thing that's going to happen from Clemson still winning the ACC. Yep. So obviously right. you have to win out, and it starts with Pitt this weekend. But NC State is the team in the conference that has the win mm-hmm. over Clemson right now, and they're undefeated in conference play. But coming up on their schedule, they have Miami this week, which Miami's not good. NC State should win that game, but it's at Miami, so who knows where, th- where things have happened. Then you have Louisville at home, which Louisville's not a bad team, but you also have to play at Florida State. They play Wake Forest, who's undefeated right now. They play Syracuse at home, and then they have North Carolina at home. If they drop two of those games and Clemson wins out, Clemson's in the ACC championship. Yeah. In almost every single one of those games, I could see them dropping. And maybe not this week, but... There are some other games that, that you rattled off there that are worrisome. Because, I, I don't know, they're undefeated in conference play right now, too, but uh, there, there's not a lot of – there's not a belief in them for me. Uh, they're not really well, no a, one from a the ACC is team. doing anything significant unless Wake Forest somehow, some way. Even then. Yeah. you got to get past those Army Black Knights this weekend. If somehow, some way goes undefeated and wins this conference. We were talking to Roddy Jones yesterday on 3 and Out, and he made an interesting point or a BJ asked him this, and he made an interesting point, where it's, if Wake Forest goes undefeated and wins the ACC, are you putting them in the college football playoff? Me personally, no. or, or what he said? Are, are you are you, are you uh, putting them in the college football probably playoff? Probably not, no. Wake Forest, undefeated Power 5 conference champion. That's fine. I wouldn't have put Washington in a few years ago. They weren't good enough, and they showed that. So you're putting like a, theoretically, a one-loss Ole Miss who didn't play in their conference championship game, a one-loss Georgia who lost to Alabama in the SEC championship yeah, game, one-loss yeah. Oregon who lost to Stanford over them. You're putting a one-loss Ohio State over them who lost to Oregon. I like Basically, everyone you named, except for I feel like the outlier there is, is the Ole Miss situation. Um but basically, everyone else you named, I would put in over Wake Forest. Okay, so at that point, you just need to blow the entire system up because what's the point of being an undefeated Power 5 conference champion if you're not going to the college football playoff? Yeah, it's been flawed. The of course, it's like every, every yeah. system you have is going to be because flawed. You, but, but you just you, I mean, you run out of excuses. Like There's always something where it's like, yeah, you, you have one loss, but this team has the uh, head-to-head over this team, which be you, which has this thing and this thing, and this team's better, and this team's better, and this team's better. Undefeated conference champion. Power Five conference champion, like nah. Clemson goes. Clemson goes undefeated and wins the ACC. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're in. Yeah. Or I'd even say Clemson has one loss to Georgia and goes undefeated and wins the ACC. They're probably in. What is the difference in that and going undefeated if you're Wake Forest? No, you're absolutely right. That's what I was about to say. Clemson does it freaking every year and makes it. So what's the difference? Yeah, what from is Wake the, Forest? Why, why has the criteria changed? It's, because, it's the name. It, it's the name. Yeah, it, that's how they of, do it. Kind of. It's the name. I, I think it also depends on who you play that year and, and how good was your team, how good were the opponents you played. I mean, no, why, well, why, uh, we talk Clemson. about this with the, with the SEC every single no, year, No, we talk right? about this with Clemson every single year, but they no, still no, get no, in. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. So, like, you have one loss in SEC play because, well, it's one loss, but it's against a really good team probably, right? So we're just going to look over that loss. If – 
sure, if you don't have any losses, but you didn't play anybody, and not only that, but like the t- like the Notre Dame argument from a few years ago too, the the teams that you played weren't that great in the first place, and you still only beat them by like three to seven points every single week. Howard, what's that great? What's that? There's there's nothing that great about your resume. Yeah, sure, you won all your games on your schedule, but. You're not a very good football team, and you're probably going to get beat 31 to nothing in the semifinals. But it says who that you're not a very good football team? Says me. Like, uh, that's, uh, that's, no, that's, the argument we always come, that's the argument we always come back to is, like, you, sure. you, you start going through it, and you're like, okay, well, you start with quality wins, right, is the first place you look. And then you start with resume, and then you look at their undefeated conference champions. Well, then, like, the only, the only reason you have at that point to not put them in is, well, you, you're just not as good. Why? Well, because when I look at you, you're not as good on the eyeball test as this team. How do you know if we didn't play them and we beat everybody set forth in front of us on our schedule, how are they then not deserving of a chance to go? If these are the quote-unquote power five, so obviously the conference champ from each one can't make it in every year. I understand that. But if one of them's undefeated and the rest have one loss, how are they not one of the four? And I think this is the reason why Ford doesn't work for me. And there's almost a 0% chance that Wake Forest goes undefeated. But this is one of the flaws that you have is if they go undefeated, you would not be the only person saying that. You would, They would be like, no, of course one lost Alabama is better than Wake Forest. How? Why do you know that? Because you're looking at recruiting rankings? No, no. That has nothing to do with it to me. Because of, of who they played? Well, <laughs> the common opponents. Like, who, who are you talking about? Like, what? Where are you getting this from? And the transitive factor doesn't work in college football. I said Georgia beat Clemson by seven points. So if Wake Forest beats them, say, by uh, seven yeah, points. Georgia beat Clemson by seven yeah. points. And Wake Forest is, what, 16? I'm not right saying now? it's the same thing. I'm saying the transitive factor doesn't matter because things happen. Players mm-hmm. get hurt. Game plans change. Oh, yeah. People get film on you. Players get better. Players get worse. The transitive factor doesn't count. It doesn't matter in college football to me. Mm. Like, every team typically has a scare – to a team they shouldn't have a scare against. It doesn't matter. It's, right. it's football, man. The, the ball yeah. is a weird shape. But yep. what PJ said right there, and I'm not trying to call you out. I'm That's just saying fine. there's no actual factual argument to back this up is I watch them and they're not good even though they won every game. They're not as good as that team that has one loss. Then something's broken, man. Like Then you're saying we only decided based off of eyeball test when it comes down to it, and that's why we put teams in. And resume and being a conference champion and going undefeated doesn't actually matter. It only matters when it fits your narrative of getting the teams you want in the playoffs into the playoffs. right? That's when it's broken, and that's why we need a bigger playoff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree nah, that we need a bigger playoff. That. You're right about that. No, you can't well, What do you that. disagree with? I agree with that that the system is broken and, and that all that stuff. I, but uh, I also agree that I don't know. There there are more factors that you can look at certain teams and look at teams that they've played like over the course of the year and determine how good they are too. I think think that's what how we do with everybody, right? I mean, you look at each team like and you judge how good they are, how good their schedule is, and you have rankings and freaking metrics and all that that people PJ, use that, that I, I'm not I, smart I'm enough not, to use. I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to, but like, completely that's how, that's how we, that's like, how we judge, don't like, matter, how, man. It's fine. Then how else do we judge how strong the SEC is and how strong the Big Ten is and how much that's we should value question. that win over this win that's or this win question. over that win? So at the end of it, like, I mean, how do we judge any of this stuff? Because if you, if you go undefeated and, and you have champions just get an automatic bid into the playoff or whatever – well, then that's wrong and messed up, too. 
So there's always there's always a different angle, and there's always a different reason why the whole system's broken. But like, in that in, stuff. In, I mean, like looking at Wake Forest's Wake Forest schedule, they beat Old Dominion, which is Old Dominion, which apparently is becoming a member of the Sun Belt. But they beat Old Dominion, they beat Norfolk State. All right, fine, they played two cupcakes. So did Auburn to start the year, right? Yeah, everyone does. Right. They beat Florida State, and then they beat the hell out of them, 35-14. to 14. They beat Virginia, and they beat the hell out of them, 37-17. to 17. They beat Louisville. They beat Syracuse. They're on a, they were on a bye week last week, but the rest of their schedule is Army, who's a good team, and you're playing at West Point. Army, Duke, at North Carolina, home against NC State, at Clemson, at Boston College. That's not good enough? And then probably Pitt in the ACC championship. Right, that's not good enough? Right. We'll see at the end of the year. I mean, now nah, I, I. But what I'm saying is, if that's not good enough, what is? No, I get what you you're saying. You have to be in the SEC. I get what you're or saying. Or you have to be in the Big Ten. But or you have if to be they Clemson. go undefeated with that remaining schedule at Clemson, at Boston College itself is tough. At I don't North care Carolina, if you win every game by one tough. point and triple. No, no, overtime. yeah, I agree. Now, if they win out and then win the ACC championship, then boom, you should put them in over. Ole Miss. Now, here's where I think over, we're going to separate it. We're yeah. going to just do like like one word picks in the next segment. But here's where I, I think we're getting it mixed up is, am I saying if Wake Forest does that, they're one of the best four teams in the country? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. It's I'm not Notre saying Dame that. Treatment. I'm not saying That's that. I'm not is. saying that they're one of the best four teams in the country because I'm with you. I look at that team and I say Alabama, Georgia, uh, probably five teams from the Big Ten would beat them. I clearly don't think they're one of the best four teams in the country, but I can't say that as a fact. I can't say that as a fact. And then I, mean, it's, I agree, but, but you can't ever but say no, but any then of you're, it as a No, fact. But, then like, you're de- but then you're determining the champion off of a theorem. You're, you're, you're saying, uh, because I think that these are the four, that's who the champion is going to be, and potentially you could be leaving the best team out. Yeah. So that's why it has to be expanded. That's why you have to give these teams more opportunities because you are going to leave somebody deserving out every single year. And I, I just I think that's the case. You can we look at Georgia and can we look at Wake Forest and say they're two undefeated teams, but we all know that Georgia would just lambaste them by fifty points if they played? You think that that would happen. You don't know it. And you won't know Agreed. it unless you give them the opportunity. So right. that's my view is presented to you by the uniform source. Got to go fast here on our weekly picks here because, guys, we have laid out top ten games of the weekend, and we go from we go in chronological order. So you'll be watching this, and you can go along with your picks throughout the day. Start off noon kick, number 16, Wake Forest. They are three-point favorites at Army. I'll go with Wake Forest. They win this game. Yeah, I'll go Wake. You guys were just saying that Army was going to get beat. You want to see the end? No, of I the- say Wake Forest yeah, lose you, three games this you guys, year. Right. Well, I, I, I do think the narrative comes to an end. I'll take the Army Black Knights in this one at home. Syracuse at Virginia Tech. The Hokies are three point favorites at home. Virginia Tech, yeah. Yep, Virginia Tech. I will go with Virginia Tech as well. And maybe the most exciting matchup of the day Wisconsin. At number 25, Purdue. Purdue, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Absolutely not, but uh, no, I'm going with Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Purdue's probably going to lose this one. If they don't, it's going to be within three. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go to the Boilermakers, man. Shout-out to the Boilermakers. Weird. Give me Purdue. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's going to win this game. And the three-and-a-half points at home for Purdue. Yeah, uh, give me Wisconsin. All right, you have LSU at number 12, Ole Miss. This is the 330 CBS game. Ole Miss, eight-point favorites at home. Yeah, that, that offense starts rolling again. Uh, they, they get back on track, and Ole Miss puts up like 40, 45. Heck, yeah, give me Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ole Miss at home as well. I think that offense gets back on track this week after a weird week. Uh, against Tennessee. All right, maybe the game of the week, at least the one of the more significant ones. Clemson at number twenty-three. Pitt. 
Pitt is a three and a half point favorite at home. I'm rolling with Pitt. Uh, I, right. I think this offense is something to believe in. I, I think uh, Kenny Pickett is solid. And they're going to light up Clemson, and Clemson with that offense is not going to be able to keep track and, and keep up. Clemson's offense is uh, anemic. That's the word. Yeah. So, yeah, I go Pitt. I like that. You're picking up, Cam, picking up on little sayings. I like that. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to go with Clemson in this game. I think their defense is still elite. I think the offense gets enough points against this pit defense to get it done. And, again, you're giving me Clemson and three-and-a-half points. I'll take the Tigers. Boston College at Louisville. Louisville, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Boston College was playing really well to start the season. The lost their quarterback kind of yeah. ha- had, a, had a bit of a you know a slowdown there in the middle of the way. They're, they're kind of falling by the wayside here. Louisville's a, a strong team that uh, lost to some, some good opponents. So give me Louisville. Give me Boston College. Cam rocking with BC. I I like BC. He loves Matt Ryan. He loves Boston College. He's rocking with Boston College. Give me Louisville at home. Five and a half point favorites. I think they cover that. Tennessee at Alabama. The number four ranked Crimson Tide. 25 point favorites at home. I know a lot of people were, were looking at Mississippi State last week and were like, oh, they, they – No, Mike Alabama Leach. always clobbers Mississippi State. Well, I don't thing. know why. They're yeah, just really they're like, mean to them. Mike Leach, that offense, they could keep up with them, blah, blah, blah. This is the team, I Uh-oh. think, that could keep up with Alabama. And guess what? They're not going to run on Third defense. Saturday in October, baby. They're not going to run three down linemen against Alabama on defense it's like true. Ole Miss did, uh, whatever they were trying to do. But uh, they make this in- interesting for sure. Uh, Alabama still by like two touchdowns, but that spread's just way too big. Give me Tennessee. <sighs> Henry Hooker's not – he might not play even if he does. He's banged up. Roll, tie, roll. I, I'll go with it. I'll go with the Alabama has re-identified itself as we're going to hand the ball to Brian Robinson and just smack you in the face yeah. and then do play action off of that. I'm kind of with PJ. They could win this one 34-10 or something like that, but Tennessee would still cover. So I think that 25 yeah. is a lot. Give me Tennessee in that one. All right, USC at number 13, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, seven-point favorites at home. It's a game that's kind of fallen off the national radar here. Yeah, exactly. And I, this is one that normally I, – I know Notre Dame, I've been saying, they're, they're, they play their clo- games really close every single week. But USC is, is not what they have been in the past yeah, this fire year. Fire their coach so. like two to three weeks in the season. Yeah, so. give me Notre Dame. Yeah, I'll go Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame yeah. covers at home, and they're Dang. just they're sneaky at number thirteen. Have they played uh, like every game at home this year? I feel like I mean that's except for their first one, Florida State. Yeah, first Florida State, Florida State. Had a, where, Florida State where uh, Mike Norvell iced his kicker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you had that one. Uh, number eighteen, NC State. They are three and a half point favorites at Miami. Yeah, NC State. I, I don't really believe in NC State as a football team doing being really good, but Miami is. Mm-hmm. Not great yeah. at all this year. I don't know what's happened to Miami. Uh, I'll go NC State. Austin Eric King. That's one big thing. I'm I hurt. Wanna, I want to go with Miami. I just can't. Give me NC State on the road. And finally, Georgia Tech at Virginia. Virginia, six and a half point favorites at home. And Virginia can light up the scoreboard. I, I like Georgia Tech, but when, when they face a the team, they can really score some points a few yeah. weeks ago. They got lit up by Pitt. Uh, give me Virginia. Virginia, they got the nation's leading passer, so Virginia. I'll be 404 the culture here and rock with the Georgia Tech okay. Yellow Jackets. Going to get some Waffle House. There you go. There's after. our picks. I mean, probably go get some Waffle House. 404 the culture. All, all that noise. Yeah. Me and Jeff Collins hanging out. Now, we got to take a quick break. We'll, we'll come back. Final segment, second down next. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Got a massive week coming up starting on Monday. Obviously, I mean, PJ, we're technically in it right now because both teams are in the bye week. But starting on Monday, 
is it's Georgia Florida week. Yeah, it's Penn State Ohio State next week. Let's is go. Is it really? Yeah. No way. No, really. That is. is fantastic. That's gonna be a great day of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's Georgia Florida week, and You're Penn right. State Ohio You're State right. is like you know it's kind of a side it's, dish. I get uh, it. What time are they playing? I don't know. No, wow. I think it's, it's it should be seven thirty. Okay, cool. So like once you get done with the world's largest, uh, then you can <laughs> go home and watch. Ohio State, Penn State, but where you should do it at is at the Western on Jekyll Island. There you go. Because we are doing Ben Troop's Florida Georgia Legends Series coming up. We will be out there broadcasting both on Thursday and Friday from 2 to 6. And then on Friday after 6 o'clock, we have the Legends Series. Former players from Georgia and Florida Legends, like Willie McClendon, uh, are going to be out there that you can come out and meet, shake hands with them, and then listen to them tell stories about this game. So really looking forward to that weekend coming up. There are still rooms available at the Weston on Jekyll Island. Head to ESPNCoastal.com, look up the Legend Series. should be one of the first links up there, and you can book your reservation through there. So that's just the perfect place to stay. Go down and watch Georgia just beat the hell out of Florida, then you come back up and you watch Penn State beat Ohio State. It'll be a great night. All that coming up next Friday. We will talk to everyone on Monday.